The Mishnah is discussing laws of Ritzeach, the murderer, and when exactly the death penalty of Hereg, of being killed with the sword, being beheaded, when exactly that would apply, and when not. If somebody intended to kill an animal, but mistakenly ended up killing, he ended up killing a person who was standing next to the animal. If he intended to kill a non-Jew, and it ended up killing a Jew, and a Nephalim, if he intended to kill a baby who had been born, I was expected to die very shortly thereafter. And therefore, already now, he halachically has the status of a dead person. He intended to kill that baby, Vaharagas ben Kayama, but he ended up killing somebody who was expected to live and was considered to be an alive person. In all these cases, Potter, he is exempt because he did not intend to do an act for which one is liable to a death penalty. Next case, this Kamin Lehakis al-Mosnov. If somebody intended to hit another person on the area of his body where his hips are, sort of the middle area where the waist is, and based on the force and the thing which he used to hit him with, there was not enough to kill him if it were to land on his waist. Let's say he threw something towards him and he aimed for his waist, and if it would land on his waist, then it would not kill him. But mistakenly, he ended up throwing it, Volchala Libai, ended up landing on the person's heart, that area of the body, and based on the force and the thing which he used to throw at him, that is enough to kill him when it lands on the heart. Vomace and he dies, Potter, he is exempt because once again his act which he intended to do is not an act which would have killed him. He's coming of Liboy, what happens if he intended to kill him to hit him on his heart? And there was enough to kill him if it were to land on his heart. So he intended to kill him. But what happened? The Hochal al Mosnov, it ended up landing on his waist. There was not enough force to kill him in a regular case by landing on his waist. And it's not expected that such an act should kill him. But nevertheless, somehow Vermes, he died. Potter, he is exempt even in that case, although he intended to kill him. And he died as a result of being hit by him. Since what actually happened should not have killed the person, he is therefore exempt. If somebody intended to hit a adult, and the thing which he did, the force which he put into that blow, was not enough to kill an adult, and it ended up landing on a child, and it was enough to kill the child, and indeed the child died, Potter is exempt, because he did not intend to do an act for which he is liable to death penalty. He didn't intend to murder. If he intended to, to hit a child, and there was enough to kill the child, he intended to murder the child, but it ended up landing on an adult, and there was not enough in that hit to kill the adult in a natural way, but for some reason, that adult still did end up dying. Potter, he would be exempt. However, says the Mishnah, Avon is Kamalakis al-Mosnov if he intended to hit somebody on their waist. Royal Bogdim is al-Mosnov and there was enough force to kill him on his waist even, where it's harder to kill him. And it ended up landing on his heart and all the more so, there's enough force to kill him on his heart. Vermeisen he died, Chayev he's liable. And on a similar note, if he intended to hit an adult, there was enough force even to kill an adult. 
and ended up landing on a child and killing him. Also, there's enough force to kill the child. Vomesa, he dies. Chayev is liable. He intended to do an act of murder, and the actual act had enough to kill that person. However, Rabbi Shimon says, Even somebody who intended to murder one person and ended up murdering another person, since he did not have specific intention to kill that particular person, Potter, he is exempt. He learns this from a posuk, which says, that if somebody ambushes a person and kills him, then he's liable, and that implies that he needs to have intention to kill that particular person. A murderer who got mixed up with other people. Meaning, we are unsure who exactly the murderer is. The Gemara gives an example of two people standing next to each other, and one of them sh- shoots an arrow and it kills someone, but it's not clear which one of them threw the arrow. So one of them is liable to the death penalty, one of them is not. Says the Mishnah, Kulon Peturin, they are both, they are all exempt, because we certainly can't kill somebody out of doubt. Now, although it seems from the Mishnah that Rabbi Yehuda argues on this case, the Gemara explains that what Rabbi Yehuda is about to say is talking about a totally new case, where an animal kills somebody, and the law is when an animal kills somebody, that animal needs to be killed. The animal is stoned. What happens if that animal is mixed with other animals? So according to the Tanakhama, all of the animals need to be killed. We don't say it's nullified in the majority, because this is considered to be a significant thing within that mixture of animals. And so according to the Tanakhama, all of the animals would need to be killed. However, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, we can't directly kill the animal if we're not sure that that particular animal killed. And instead, we need to kill all of the animals indirectly. We bring the animals into a small area and basically starve them until they die. Alright, continues the Mishnah. All people who are liable to a death penalty, who get mixed up with each other, and we're not sure, let's say there's Ruven, Shimon, and Levi, they all get mixed up together. We're not sure which one is liable to Skila, which one's liable to Chenek. Says the Mishnah, they all receive the more lenient death penalty. Now the Gemara asks, this can't be the case, because in order to, for somebody to be killed by Bastin, they have to have received warning before they were killed for what punishment they're going to get. Which means that the one who is really liable to Skila was warned that if he does that Averia, he'll be stoned. He was never given Hasra, he was never given warning that he's going to be burned or strangled. So how can we give him that punishment? So the Gemara gives an answer that we're talking about a case where they gave him warning that he's going to be killed by Bastin. But they didn't say which death penalty he's going to receive. In that case, they would all receive the more lenient death penalty. So the mission gives an example. And it's Colin Banistrofin. If people who are liable to be stoned get mixed up with people who are liable to be burnt. So we saw an argument at the beginning of the seventh parak, which of those two is more severe? And we have that same argument over here. Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Shimon says, in Dodin Biskila, they will both get the punishment of Skila, Shasrefa Chamura, because Shrefa being burnt is more severe. But the Chacham say, in Dodin Biskila, they would all receive the, pun- the punishment of being burnt, Shasrefa Chamura, because being stoned is considered to be more severe. Omlahim Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Shimon said to them, I'm going to prove to you that Shrefa is more severe. The punishment for somebody who has relations with a Narahama Erosa, a girl who has received Kedushin, she's between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half years old. We learnt earlier on that her punishment is Skila. Now, we've also seen that the punishment for a Baskoyen who commits adultery, in general, a regular woman who commits adultery is punished by Chenek. Nara Marosa is the exception. 
Now, a Baskoyen, the daughter of a Koyen who commits adultery, is punished by Sarefa. It's considered more severe when the daughter of a Koyen commits adultery, and therefore she gets a more severe punishment. Now, Rabbi Shimon understands that even a Nara Hama'irosa would receive Sarefa if she's a Baskoyen. So if so, he's got a proof that Sarefa is more severe, because the Torah decides to give the woman Sarefa instead of even Skila. So Rabbi Shimon says, If Sreifa, if being burnt, was not considered more severe, it wouldn't be given to the daughter of a Koyen who commits adultery, even in the case of a Nara Merasa. Now, according to the Chachamim, that's not a proof, because they really hold that when is it that a Bas Koyen who commits adultery would receive Sreifa, that's only once she was fully married. But a Nara Merasa, who has a more severe punishment already, that would not be changed in the case of the, da- of the daughter of a Koyen. And now the Chachom want to prove their opinion. Omuloi, the Chachom said to Rabbi Shimon, If Skilo being stoned was not the more severe punishment, it wouldn't be given to somebody who curses Hashem or who serves Avedazara. Who serves idolatry, that's considered to be the most severe sin. To totally go against Hashem and serve someone else. And we see that they get Skilo, so it must be the most severe punishment. Alright, now what happens if those who are liable to be killed by the sword, by Hereg, get mixed up with those who are liable to Chenek, strangulation? Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, they are all killed by Hereg with the sword, because he holds that that is the more lenient one. They would all receive strangulation, because according to the Chachomim, that is the more lenient death penalty. I think Gemara goes through the proofs for their opinions in this area as well. If we have one person now who this individual became liable to two different death penalties in Beistin. Nidon Bachamura, he receives the more strict death penalty, of course. And this is even in a case where he already became liable to the more lenient death penalty. So he already needs to be killed. And then he did an Avera for which he's liable to a more severe death penalty. So I could have understood that since he's already liable to be killed, Beistin won't judge him again. We consider him as already being killed, as it were. Misha says, no, since at the end of the day he did an Avera for which he's liable to a more severe death penalty, he will indeed receive the more severe one. Now what happens if this individual did one act of He did one act for which there are two different death penalties as a result of that one act. Once again, he would receive the more severe death penalty. An example would be having relations with one's mother-in-law whilst she is still a married woman. So the punishment for having relations with a married woman is chenek, strangulation. The punishment for having relations with one's relatives, such as his mother-in-law, is more severe. That's uh, being burnt, sreifa. So Nidon Bachamura, he would receive the more severe punishment. However, Rabbi Yaisi and Rabbi Yaisi says, Nidon Bazik HaRishonish Ba'alav, he is judged by the... He receives the punishment for whichever Avera existed first. So in a regular case, where the mother-in-law is a married woman, because she is married to the father of this person's wife, meaning she's always been married to the same man. So that means that she was a Aishas Ish, she was a married woman before she became his mother-in-law. And so he would receive the punishment for having relations with a married woman, which is chenek. And the reason for Abiyasi is because of a very important rule in Isur Chalal Isur. If something's already prohibited, and then it becomes prohibited for a different reason, that second prohibition doesn't really prohibit him. It's not more prohibited because of that second prohibition, and it'll only be punished as a result of the first prohibition which existed. Mishnah Hay, we mentioned in Mishnah Gimel, in Rabbi Huda's opinion, a concept of putting animals into a small area and effectively starving them to death. This Mishnah shows that that is sometimes done even with a person. Misha Loka, somebody who received Malkas for a particular Avera. Malkas are lashes, 
And we're talking specifically about a case where somebody violates an Avera, which is punishable by Kores, being cut off, sort of, and killed by Hashem. However, once the person receives lashes, Malchus, that's considered to be an atonement, and he would no longer be liable to that punishment of Kores. What happens if somebody does such an Avera, and he repeated that exact same Avera again? And the Gemara explains we're talking about a case where he did it, and then after the second time he received lashes again, and he did the Avera, the same Avera, a third time. So we can see that he's still doing the same Avera again and again, and before he receives lashes, he's anyway liable to be killed by Hashem. Just that Basin can give him lashes in order to atone for his sin. But once he does the same sin many times, Basin are not going to give him lashes. Rather, they're going to kill him. But Basin can't kill him, because it's not something for which he's liable to a death penalty by the hands of Basin. He's only liable to death by Hashem. Rather, says the Mishnah, there is a halachal emotion with Sinai, something which we know based on tradition going back to Moshe from our Sinai, that Basin machnison oisel kippah. The Basin would put him into a very small, cramped room, a sort of prison cell, and for the first few days, they would give him bread and water, only a small amount, and his stomach would shrink for eating such a small amount. And then, they would feed him barley, until his stomach bursts. By eating the barley, the stomach would expand quite quickly, and it would end up getting cracked and might even burst. This person is liable to chorus, to one of the most severe punishments, that he needs to be killed by Hashem, as it were, cut off. And so this is the way the Basin would bring it about. On a similar note, I heard Nefshbilei Edim, one who kills another person, but there are not sufficient uh, witnesses to allow Basin to kill him. Meaning there are witnesses, but for whatever reason, that person can't be given the death penalty because there's some sort of problem. For example, they didn't give him the exact warning which was required, but it's very clear to Basin that this person did that Avera and that he should really be killed. Says the mission. also in this case, we do the same thing, they would bring him into this small prison cell, they would feed him a small amount of bread and not pure water, a tiny amount, and that would make his stomach go smaller, then they would give him barley until his stomach bursts and he would be, he would die like that, as we explained earlier on in this Mishnah.